Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. Before I say anything else that, uh, you know, may make my co-host here unhappy, I'm just going to kick things off. You're not and, unhappy. Uh, He's giving me fashion advice. Are we live? Are we, are we on YouTube? Are we doing a regular episode? What are we doing here? Um, so what are we doing? So we guys, first we're on YouTube. Are we on YouTube? We're on YouTube. Oh, nice. As cool. you're, as you're bending up the hat. I'm bending People up, haven't seen man. you wear that one yet, Cage. It's new. I just got it this week. A little bleak training hat. So, you know, it's, uh, my kids were on, um, they had like a color war in Olympics at their camp. And there's a white team and a blue team and a gold team and a red team. And they do three days of like color war Olympics, you know, rally relay races and swimming and eating contests. And Ian had to eat a whole bunch of crackers and then whistle something. And they, they wore these uh, bleaker trading hats because they were on the team white. So they wore these little white trading hats. Ian said he could eat, tw- is this right, 20 crackers? He had in 15 he, he put 20 crackers. And I, it was either 15 or 30 seconds and then whistle something, whistle, whistle a national anthem or something. It's funny because Leah would do that. She'd smash that in like 10 seconds. But uh, she's not a whistler. Ian likes to whistle. So, so what I started off with before we were we, we hit live was Gage is wearing a that same color dark gray black shirt. Muhammad Ali, with man, a, the greatest. With a navy blue hat, and I just said that's a that's a fashion no no. Like blue and black typically doesn't match unless yes, it's with a really right. sick tux, uh, which you don't have on. It so, was, um, but, but Cage left. He was like, "Fuck this guy, I'm I'm out." No, I went to go trade my hat. You know, I did not want to upset you know Stone's eye for a Stone guy over here. You know, it's uh, he's a very fashion forward guy. He had the you guys uh, be the judge. Did these look like stone eyes? No, uh, you know, you I was guys trying to be make the like judge. A, uh, you know, like I was trying to make like a you know, a fashion show, like a reality fashion show name for you. But yeah, they don't look stone, they look they look clear today, you know, clear, clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. I love that movie. Out of all the labels you give me, stone eye, what about athlete, thinker? Former, former, athlete. former, touche. Current. Uh, so guys, but thinker, I he's think definitely a thinker now. He's definitely a thinker. <laughs> now. By the way, so listen, so it's funny. Before ahead. you get before you get into it, I have the, the big thank you out there to the folks who are live on YouTube and the folks who are listening to this. Andrew sent me over um, some pictures of some, um, I believe it was Apple uh, reviews that we've gotten the last week with the 10 for 10 and stuff like that. You know, we are just, we are just human. You know, we are just, uh, you know, we're, we're just like you. And, uh, you know, while, while, while I'm sort of like an M&M and I I appear to have a thick candy shell, you know, it is meltable chocolate underneath. And, uh, you know, we do read those reviews. You're not supposed to, but we do read those reviews. But I got to tell you, the the pictures Andrew sent me over, I love you guys. I I wish I could like read some of them out loud and stuff, but, but I'm going to tell you, keep those coming. That was awesome. Bunch of five star, a bunch of great stuff. And here was why I love it. It wasn't about, hey, Andrew, what a great athlete he is. It wasn't about Cage's <laughs> gravelly, marble voice. 
it was about, and almost every one of them was, was pretty much the same. It was about the, 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 the back and forth, the, the dynamic that I have with Andrew, the dynamic Andrew has with me, the way that we kind of feed off of each other, play off each other, and, and one wouldn't be alone enough, but the two of us combined make for a really compelling you know, way of telling our, 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 our sports card story. And I really like that. I really, you know, I, I appreciate that, and you know, I couldn't agree more. I just want to just you know, spend a minute and just say thank you for that, because that's pretty awesome. We do read those, and you know, we are appreciative of, of, of all the kind words that you guys have for us. Sorry. Do, do we want? Do we want to know? Do we want to read them, or people oh, can go and to. read them on their matter. own? You can read them, or you know, maybe go read them and, and write one of your own because we're obviously checking them out. So thanks, we appreciate that. We're gonna have a full episode today. It's been literally almost what ten days, eleven days since we've done a daily episode. We've got some questions that came in too. Uh, a lot of you guys are wondering why are we doing the segment on a Saturday instead of Sunday. Uh, tomorrow is like we mentioned. It's going to be our collectible partnership. So we might do two episodes on Sundays. We're still going to talk about that, but Sunday night is going to be the collectible episode. So now Coffee with Cage is Saturday. But Cage, we have so much to talk about, man. And honestly, one thing I want to ask you what you thought about the 10 for 10, right? Because this is the longest you've gone without really having a lot to say. And I, I don't know if you agree with this, but from my perspective, from those the feedback we get, you're a thought leader in the industry. People want to hear what you have to say. Almost like, you know, a 10 for 10 where Andrew gets to interview Cage and hear his thoughts on the hobby, you know, what's happening and, and what he sees. But first things first, man, a lot of companies are hiring. So like a lot of you guys out there, you know, we're always making decisions with cards and what to buy and how to make money. I think, I mean, Coffee Breakers, PSA, PSA especially, Coffee Breakers, all guys on their websites, these companies are growing. They got funding and they're looking for content creators, they're looking like for people like you the people on the other end of this who want to be a part of something. And it's interesting, right? Like here we are thinking of ways to make money uh, and invest in cards. What better way than to have an opportunity with one of these growing companies in an industry you love where you're able to work remote or join a team or whatever it is. It's something that came up and it's a really interesting thread. So I wanted to bring it up here. Cage. Yep. How are we feeling today, big man? Good. Good. Um, you know, I'll just answer your question right off the bat. Um, I love the 10 for 10. You know, I get to do uh, a 10 for 10 of my own every weekend with Coffee with Cage. So, you know, I get to kind of riff and do that every week. Yes, we, we, we took 10 days off to bring folks to, uh, you know, to, to Luca Nation. But I got to tell you, um, I loved it. I loved every single one of those for different reasons. Um, and, you know, you got to listen to – you got <sighs> it's funny because what I'd like to say now, Nat Turner said, right. We asked him about what he thought about the national from that side of the desk. Right. And he's like, I'm a collector, you know, like I did my collecting stuff, you know, like, and I'm still wowed by the cards. I'm still wowed by the stuff. So am I, I mean, I'm a collector too. It's great. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of comments say we want to hear what cage has to say about the national and that kind of stuff, you know, I'm a thought leader, um, all that other fun stuff. But, but I'm still a collector too. I'm still somebody who loves the hobby. I, I love checking out new cards and new things and, and the national in and of itself, it wasn't just the cards. That's the first time I've ever been there. You know, that's a major show. It's a, it's a huge show with a lot of people. It just shows you the size and breadth of, uh, of, of the hobby and the amount of people who are, who are involved in it and who are making a full-time living at it. Um, and, you know, that, that that's was a big thing, Cage. I'm glad you brought that up because it used to be a hobby, right? Which is yeah. like what? I devote 10, 20 hours. Now people devote 40 to 100 hours a week trying to build a business. That's a great point. 
Yeah, I mean, Ian used to make jokes like, "I want to own a card store. We should buy a card store and grow up." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that's funny. But what do you really want to do?" And now I'm like, "All right, dude. As long as you have good video equipment and you're, you know, you're breaking and you have the right connections, and you know, I'll introduce you to Carvin and I'll introduce you to Pull Wax and I'll introduce you to Starstock and Collectible and you know, yeah, maybe you can actually make a run at this. You know, I mean, it was, it's it's just a different way of thinking. You know what I mean? And and it's kind of cool because it's 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 this generation, right? You know, we started this podcast talking about like you can make money, you can make money flipping cards you could do this differently you know you could have a side hustle um you know you bring a different you know a, a different type of mindset to to you know to the whole equation here right you're not here you're not tied down to you know to a job uh, a house a location you're in mexico you're living your best life and you're you know you're supporting yourself doing what you enjoy well why can't somebody do that in in the hobby in the industry you know you don't have to you know, saddle yourself with, with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of, 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 of student loans and, and go off and become a middle manager one day and die at your desk. Like I'm going <laughs> to, um, so, I mean, like, that's, you know, it really is, it, it all ties together. It's, 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 it's a cool thing, man. It really is. I'd love to see it. And I love all of the businesses that are popping up. I love all of now. Now, listen, it's all like NFTs, right? There's a new 10,000 Let's talk about avatar. NFTs. Well, get, well, let me make my comparison. You always do the blockchain 2013 Bitcoin adoption. It's sort of like that, right? You know, Rips you know, Rips was uh, watching our PWCC episode, mm -hmm. and he wants you to stop calling this the hobby. He wants you to call this the, the market. I can't. Per, per Jesse's market, request. The market is the stock market. You know, I mean, it, right. you know, it'll confuse people. Um, this is It is a market. It definitely is. But... You can't call it the market. You can call it the card market if you want. You know, you can call, but then Rips will be mad because you know he likes memorabilia, not just cards. So let's just call it a hobby. We all know what we're talking about, and it's it's more than a hobby. But again, my, my comparison is every day there's a new NFT coming out, and like Gary V says, a lot of them are going to fail. Most of them are going to fail. There seems to be a new hobby business coming out every day, you know, or every week. And I don't know if all of them are going to make it, but it's a pretty cool time. It really is. There's another, there's another, you know, another person making a go of it, another person getting funding, another business idea, another, you know, fund, another, you know, person coming in and trying to make, you know, be a breaker. Um, and, you know, what's amazing about it is this. I'm hoping we're on the upswing. But I was, I was of the opinion that if we hit a couple of month downswing, a la February to July, a lot of those people would disappear. And while some did, I was wrong. A lot did not disappear. People were allowed, you know, able to weather the storm. People are prepared, you know, um, you know, people were able to survive. And I hope if we're, you know, if, if we see another upward trajectory, maybe with football season starting, maybe with, you know, basketball cards coming out, you know, LaMelo Ball signing autographs or his teammates signing for him, whatever it may be, um, you know, it'd be nice. It'd be cool to see everybody, you know, kind of making money in this. You follow hey. I would say that worries me. I'll, I'll be honest. So, so, so let's hear that. That 10 for 10. Uh -huh. Big guys are going to make their money. They know how to make their money. They've done it. They don't need to color up. But no one's really talking about the little man. And what I mean by the little man is the guy that could come in and in 18 months go from 300 to 10K, 500 to 20,000. That was so much easier last year, Cage. Like now, yeah. like if, was, if someone asked me, what's the best way to go from 500 to 20,000? I would say go on job postings of all of these companies, notice that they're looking for content creators and start doing remote work for them because with PSA is not opening up their express level. So how other than price appreciation, where is their cash flow? SGC is great, but everyone's sending their money, their cards to SGC and then the resale is so low. So HGA, uh, HGA has pretty decent resale, but it's still right there with SGC. 
So I'm still worried about the the guy coming into the girl coming into the hobby, and how do they build up that initial bankroll? The hobby is always amazing for that cage. No, so I think. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, you're right. And I can just go yeah, yeah, finish go it. Yeah. NFTs were really interesting for me for this reason, not to talk about NFTs. There was one guy who was not at the show, and unfortunately, we couldn't get him on to ten for ten either. But as soon as the national was going, what actual market popped off, Cage? The NFTs. three point eight million dollar CryptoPunk was announced during the national. CryptoPunk floor swept w World of Women, Apes. There's all of these NFT projects that have interestingly been happening in the last three four weeks, uh, and I'm I'm watching that industry because that that's been an easier place to color up. So a little bit of a rant over. The, the the rich do get richer in the hobby. I'm still worried about that really early on guy or girl coming into the hobby with a few hundred bucks. How are they going to be able to color up? I think you're right. Uh, but I talked about that when we did our, our Vegas cage baloney and, you know, how PSA was going to really cripple it. But refresh it. Refresh it. I, Vegas cage was in February. But here's what I January, think. maybe. I think that's going to hurt the new level. We talked about this pyramid, right? Not a pyramid scheme per se, right? But the top of the hobby, the people who are on the top, and you still need the refreshing of that bottom level, right? You have to. And the last bottom level, I think they're going to be okay because that last bottom level, they're getting their cards back from PSA now. They're going to be able to stay in it because they are still coloring up. They're still getting those bulk subs back. Little uh, newsflash, Luca Nation, if you were in that November 20 day that we submitted, we're going to be reaching out to you in the next couple of days because those are coming back. Finally. Amazing, Can I be right? honest with you guys? Yeah. I'm not even sure if that's an accomplishment or just it's just flat out sad. No, I mean, but it's not on us, right? But but yeah, it's coming back in some good grades from what I see. So a little, little, little teaser right there for uh, for Luca Nation folks. So anyway, um, yeah, but I, mean, I think they'll stay afloat. But you're right. The new participants are where it's going to be problematic. People who are coming in now. And, and listen, you're 100% correct. The NFT space might be the place for temporarily for where other people who are going to come into the hobby in the next 6 to 12 months they may go there and we may never get them into the sports card hobby the sports card market whatever you want to you know phrase it as today i'm just going to keep saying hobby and That's okay but but i think there is room for interplay between the two i mean there are people buying and selling punks at the trade nights we were at i just sold my punk i'm kind of pissed off that i did yeah and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, man, you know, the floor went up. It was like 70, 80 grand. This one went to like 100. I know it's going to keep going up, but I didn't delist it. And someone just bought it for 100,000. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's like, I'll try to buy one more. I've sold a bunch. I mean, so it, there is an overlap in the space, obviously. There are people who do both. Um, and with the, you know, with the with Tom Brady DraftKings release that came out this week that I didn't get into, so rare, you know, so rare, whatever you want to call it. I don't know how you pronounce the soccer one. Right. We, we had a top we top. had an interesting do can we, can we riff yeah. a little bit here sure. uh because we haven't done an episode in 11 days guys it's going to be all over the place but we wouldn't come on here if it wasn't valuable so we'll try to do it i think the greatest threat to grading companies is nfts remember we talked about that cage yes because it doesn't matter it's not just grading companies it, it is well i don't call it a threat right all the all the problems we talked about with with cars. Threat doesn't mean that it's going to discontinue them, but they're so similar in nature. And let me contextualize yeah, it, and then sure. I want to hear your thoughts. We've been doing Panini NFTs, right? So they're the exact same creative as the card, mm -hmm. except there's one big difference. And it's the exact same thing that really grading companies do if you go to the PSA pop report. There's cards that were released in packs out of base cards out of $17.99, silvers out of $149, 
blues out of 99, gold out of 10, and a super fractor. So why is that important? Well, what are we really solving for then? We have, we've, got, we've uh, fixed supply, and now we're just solving for demand. What does really grading companies doing? Like, what is PSA doing being shut down? Yeah, they're saying they can't handle the backlog, but, but in, in, another, in another sense, they're capping supply. They understand that this market can't sustain if there's a junk slab era. So they're managing for the supply, and that's what grading companies really do. So I don't think it's a threat like PSA is going out of business, HEA is going out. I just think NFTs are so similar to grading companies because they cap supply. And then the only thing you need to solve for is demand, getting people into the industry through content creators and promotion. I mean, it's it's beyond that. For certain NFTs, there's also no backsies. You know, there's also don't worry about eBay. There's a lot of the logistical issues that we were talking about, the shipping to somebody, you know, they're not getting there, they're losing it with the post office and, you know, the $1 plain white envelope shipping or whatever it may be, that's all gone with, with NFTs also. There are definitely some positives, but the, uh, the universal adoption, you know, customer acquisition is going to be the, uh, the interesting part, right? Because they clearly, while the supply is limited, there clearly is not the same demand yet. So, uh, but yeah, we, you know, I have learned more. I, like I say that I make the joke all the time. Uh, you know, I have not. I, I couldn't spell NFT in January, right? So, so, so. I, I mean, I, I've definitely, you know, become a little more well versed in it. Um, I still have a long way to go. Um, you know, but I, I try to help people set up their MetaMask wallets, and I try to like you know educate people, like friends of mine, like this is what I'm doing. This is why. This is you know, why I think this is a valid thing to have in your portfolio. I mean, the fact that the punks were selling and the fact that apes are now going to be sold and like, I think it's a Christie's auction that's having, you know, the board API club selling it. And, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, um, I called it a couple of months ago. I, I, I said that somebody was going to have a fractional auction of a crypto punk is going to get too expensive. And now that was announced, you know, there's going to be fractional shares of, of crypto punks. It's just, you know, it's just another supply demand type of thing. Right. Um, but Cage, where could you, if we, those are the, the cream of the crop NFTs. Yep. And guys, we're talking about these, uh, not from subjective, like I'm, I love NFTs because I really don't. Uh, and it's not like we think that that's the future. It's just interesting to compare, especially while we were at National, how much they boomed in the way that they kind of move, right? So uh, it, we're trying to be as objective as possible in this conversation. We know it's, it's a sports card podcast, but what I'm saying is there were NFT projects that you could get into for 100, 200, 300 bucks. And in a few weeks, flip that to 2000. Yeah. And that was prism base cards last year. That was, that, that was cards last year. That was buying $300 worth of raw cards, sending them to PSA waiting and selling them for 3000 bucks. That flip, you know, because when you have a hundred thousand, 200,000 bankroll, you could move. Oops, right. You could buy a Brady rookie and wait a year. But when you're starting out at 300 bucks, there's a very limited amount of stuff you could buy. Like, do you really want to buy a My House, you know, orange LeBron James PSA 10? Like, is that a good investment? So you're, you're much more limited. NFT? And PSA was always that option. How are you picking the NFT? Because I will tell you the majority of NFTs that came out in the last two weeks, you put your $300 in, it's, it's, it's not worth $300 anymore. There are all ones out there, ones you've named, where if you pick the right one, you're going to turn that into bigger money. Whereas, you know, if you bought a Zion base or a job base or one of those, it's not, it's not going to zero. I mean, the, 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 the issue I have with it is, I mean, uh, could, could we say it's more of a gamble? 
I mean, it's all gamble. Way more of a gamble. Way more of a gamble. You know, more risk, more but, but reward. That, but that lower, but that lower tier always is gambling because to go from three to two thousand, three hundred to two thousand, three hundred to five hundred—that's a gamble. Buying a Tom Brady rookie is—is is that truly a gamble? Buying like a a refractor LeBron—is that really a gamble? That's an investment at that stage, and and that that, that class is going to be good. They've they've made sure the PSA guys, all the the industry leaders, that class of people is going to be good. But at the beginning, there is that element of gambling. I, I don't know. It's just fun. It's just it's just no, really what I I've been mean, thinking about. Because listen, and you're right. You're right about the the there is no place to do that that base color up right now, right? I mean, depending upon the card, you know, depending upon your your window, you can do SGC, you can do HGA. Um, you'll see the returns on those, but they're not the same type of you know 10x type of returns that you were getting on PSA last year. Um, and I guess what you're saying is, what is it, if you are somebody who's looking to, you know, color up and increase your bankroll, um, what is it that you can utilize for the next, let's call it 18 months, right? Because I, I feel comfortable after speaking at a PSA that there'll be some form of bulk coming back in that window, maybe the end of that window, um, but in that window, um, they do want to bring it back, but obviously they still have a backlog, Um but yeah, I mean, here's the other end of the equation. Let me do my old man rant on this if I can. You're not supposed to be able to turn $200 or $300 into $2,000 overnight. Like, that's not supposed to happen. And maybe part of the conversation what we have with NFTs is, you know, every once in a while you see that chart, right, where people talk about, like, greed, euphoria, you know, yeah. boom, the crash, and then it's like it's the back to the mean kind of stuff, right? Yep. Well, well it, it's been like that. You know, Bitcoin, you know, went from like nothing to 30,000 and then back down to 10 and then that rode back up. Right. So it's like so once you, your dentist starts saying, I'm buying it, I'm buying Doge. It's on Elon Musk is, 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 is going to be on Saturday Night Live. Let's buy the Doge. And it's 75 cents. And then all of a sudden it's back down to 16. Are we at a point where you because we're talking about NFTs should also be preaching some caution with them? Because if everybody's doing one and there's legit like hundreds of these coming out now it's a penguin it's a it's a monkey it's a whatever it is how do you know which one it is which one to buy put your money in and then you know hope right so you're not supposed to make money in a month you know (laughs) subjectively of course i'll preach caution objectively just like if i was like a anthropologist you know like digging and comparing similar markets and looking for opportunities i'm saying i i what, what made the card hobby really exciting last year was those opportunities were plentiful. Were they too plentiful is a different question, right? Because there should always be opportunities, but there should be a learning curve, right? If someone yep. comes in, puts in five hours of work, and is churning out 6x returns, something's wrong there. But if you could put in 100 hours of reading up on NFTs and learning, oh, invest in the developer team, not the creative or something like that, and you start to spot that trend, uh, I, I think it's interesting. Cage, you want to get into a we, – we got a few questions, so we moved this to Saturday. Most people know we do this on Sunday. Um, you want to get into some questions? Yeah, sure. Anything you're Anything that you have that's, you know, yeah, you've been thinking I mean, about you wanted to mention? I made a comment about how, you know, when we, when we finished the national, kind of like a recap of nationals, the last time we really were able to do episodes, I made a comment about how, like, I was, I was happy in the direction we were going. I was happy that we had, like, somebody like Nat Turner in charge of PSAs. You know, you did a very good job of talking about him when you did a lead up about how he was basically approachable. You know, there was no security guard with him. Um, I think he did himself 
a, a, a credit also. You know, he really he, he did himself a favor also coming on. Um, just if you haven't listened to the episode with him and Steve Sloan, take a listen to it. It's amazing to hear someone like him who obviously has an amazing collection of his own, you know, and, and you know, dabbles in aspects of the hobby that I will never be in. You know, card values, card types, scarce cards, um, you know, card amounts that I'll never be in. But to hear him say that he was walking the line of people submitting cards and was like, hey, what do you got? You know, like, like that's still a collector. Like, that's awesome. You know, that for him to be like, hey, what are you subbing? You know, like, eh, that just doesn't happen, you know. And for him to be, you know, looking over the cards that are coming in and saying, wow, look at that one. And, and then put that top 100 list together of, like, the cool things to share with, you know, the, the, the rest of us. Um, it's a really cool thing. You know, it's one of those things we shouldn't like gloss over because, you know, the hobby, I'll still call it that. Sorry, rips. It's in a different place than it was a couple of years ago it, in a very different place. And, you know, we're moving in a, in a direction based on, uh, where the leaders of the hobby are going to take us. And a lot of those leaders we just had on in the last 10 episodes. And I think if you listen to them, you have to come away thinking that we're heading in a good direction between Ken Golden's content, uh, you know, the show that he's got coming out and just the amount of money that's being invested in that hobby content and it's being picked up by a major, you know, network, uh, you know, PSA, you know, uh, um, you know, dealing with their backlog in a systematic way and being thoughtful about how they move forward and everyone's hiring, right? You know, and, and, everyone's and we, hiring. we couldn't even, is a tip of the iceberg with 10 of 10, right? Like we could do a 50 for 50, you know what I mean? And still have only the hobby grades on, you know, from grading companies to, you know, to fractionals to, to, you know, breaking companies. I mean, there's just so much going on in the hobby. So many cool people that we were able to meet at the national. Um, I wish there was a national every week. I really do. And think about it this way. Tomorrow I'm going to a local show here at the Plainview Holiday Inn. If anybody's listening to this, send me a message. I'll meet up with you there. I'll bring Ian, um, you know, I'll bring some slabs. I'll give out some freebies. I'll, I got Mookie Betts for days. Um, I'll reach out to some of you guys, um, you know, and, and maybe we'll see you there. And then a week from now, we get the East Coast National coming up. Like, you know, so That's it's right. like card shows, card shows, card shows. It's just, it, it's awesome stuff. I can't wait to meet as many of you as possible. Um, but we really are heading in a good direction, I think. And, and Andrew, you're right. There may not be the opportunity to take three hundred dollars and turn it into two thousand, but I think there's the opportunity to take three hundred dollars right now and turn it into five hundred, which still is huge. I mean, that's a huge sixty percent, you know, gain on your money. You know, it's just about timing the market. You know, with less of a gamble, you know, maybe buy the football guys now that you think you're going to be good after week four, or you know, there's definitely still those opportunities. Maybe you have to put the cap on it a little lower than it was a couple of years ago. But I still think that the, you know, the, the hobbies providing money-making opportunities, maybe not the upside that NFTs have right now. I get your point. Trust me, I do. It's an observation as much as it's a point because it's playing out in real time, right? Like yeah. that's, the, that's the cool thing about what we do. It's like, sure, we see something and you think it's right, but then it's like a rabbit, right? Like it, it, it changes on you so quick. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, regulation happens with crypto and NFTs, grading companies shutting down and stuff. So it changes so quickly. So I, I, I've just always been curious. I'm going to go a different direction. You guys know I don't do this very often, uh, but I got to give someone a lemon of the week. And nice. this is from our double oh, coverage. Wait, 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 wait. You can't give out a lemon. Give it something else. Trust me. Trust me. When they hear this, they'll wait, agree. Give them like an enchilada of the week or something like that. You're no, in Mexico. No. No, what do you mean? On. They have li lemons and limes here, bro. All right. So a lime. Give it a lime. Like a lime, like a lime, you know, 
little lime juice in the Corona coronavirus. And it, no, it, it, I'm so torn, <laughs> but like, you know, they always say you, you gotta, you gotta face the truth. Right. And it's, it's so interesting. I've never, I, maybe I've had this dilemma, but like I met the alt team. I like the alt team a lot. They're cool. Ooh. They're fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that team. Like I like the people, right? It's so interesting uh, how it works because met one-on-one, we went to their event, we got to know them, spent time with them. They were a lively crew, young crew. They want to do good things for the hobby. We had Lior on 10 for 10, man. What do we you had, mean? I like Lior. He's a smart, but man, you can't be taking people's data and you can't do smoke and mirrors on people. It's so distrustful. It's so distrustful. Now there's the angle that it's like, we didn't know. And do we give people the benefit of the doubt? I, I read some stuff about this. Europe is way more strict on these GDPR rules than America. So it's like that, you know, ask for forgiveness, not permission. I've just never been a big fan of screwing your neighbor. Like to me, that strategy is not cool. And when you're like, hey, we have this Chrome extension, it's going to help the community. It's for the everyday guy. It's free. And you go a little bit of dig, like digging beneath the surface. And it's like, well, it's actually you're getting all the value. It's not free. It rubs me the wrong way, Listen, but I love the people. Because we've seen what your neighbor looks like. She walks behind every once in a while with a bikini on. So you are a fan of screwing your neighbor. You just can't do it. So but I get what you're <laughs> She's saying. She's 80 years old, bro. Yeah, you're well. <laughs> <laughs> you're so dumb. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so give you a lemon. Go ahead. Bring what, it What home. do you mean? It's to, it's to the organization because I love the individual people, and, and I'm not going to sit on my, like, pedestal and be like i've never done stuff that's whatever shady or even wrong uh i've just you don't look out for the little man when you're really looking out for yourself like at least just be upfront and forefront about that stuff i don't know enough on the topic but from the little bit i have read that's what rubbed me that way can i can i pile on dude it's our show man we don't have a net a network uh Joseph said, my neighbor, the breaker. I don't even know what that means. Uh, but it sounds <laughs> provocative. <laughs> no, well, here's the deal. You ready? I, um, I think it's a good thing for the hobby. I think it's a good thing for the hobby. Wow. Because the next person who would think about trying to do something like that, or even if it was unintentional, the next person who's building out a code, the next person who's building out a system, the next person who's trying to build something, an app or whatever it may be for the hobby, is going to remember this one and be above board and this is how we move forward right and there's no accountability cage well there but there is right i mean you know people listen there's only one way to hold somebody accountable right and it's 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 with the pen it's with your wallet you know so and i guess with card porn um yeah but it sucks because and this is like we always look at stuff so black and white but it's gray because they have a great product Yes. Right. Like the actual platform is very good. So you're like, oh, I have to get off their platform to show that I'm punishing them. But I like what they've built. I just didn't like the decision they made. Well, what would you do? How about this? Let's throw it out there this way, right? Because I love them too. I think they got a great product. Now, you have just been hired as their advisor. All right. The dust has settled a little bit, right? Cardport's done its stuff. What are you advising them? What should they do right now? I can't be an advisor, dude, because as an advisor, it's like a lawyer. You got to protect OJ. No. So I didn't tell you to be a lawyer, 
So I'll do it then. I'll say it very easy. Okay. Be honest but, 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 but with but people. I... Be honest with people. It's very easy. Be honest with people. That's it. Be honest, right? Be honest. If if this was an intentional thing, you come out and you say, "Listen, this is what we built in. This is wrong. You know, we fixed it. We've we've done this now that it's been brought to our attention." That this was built in this way, it has been fixed, it's been removed, all the data has been deleted, it's now compliant, right? When somebody makes a request for it to be deleted, it's been deleted, we've deleted it all. If it was an error, you come out and you say, guys, this was an error, we had somebody writing code who, you know, has never really done this for the European market, you know, whatever it may be, right? But you, you say it and, you know, it's amazing that people don't do this more often, right? Because, you know, while you may take a short-term lump, I think in the long run, people appreciate when you're not lying to them. I don't know why that's such a hard concept. Just don't, you, you know. Yeah, it sucks. You would... You're sorry. You're sorry you got caught. I say this to my kids all the time. You're not sorry. You're sorry you got caught, right? <laughs> all right. So, so, but now let's be honest. You know, this is what happened. Let's move forward. You know, it's not, I don't think it's that hard. I agree. Guys, like we said, we have to bring stuff up that's, that's passionate to us. Uh, people have said they need to own the sh their shit. Some people put lemon. Joseph said hit the weed pen and chill. I think he's talking <laughs> to you, to you, Cage. Yeah, uh, never, never. Andrew have you ever seen me? Before I get to it. Have you ever seen me smoke a pen? A pen, no. No. Okay. No. I want to ask you something. Yes. A uh, pencil. <laughs> um, this is interesting. I don't even know the question, but this is kind of cool. People are buying F1 cards, but I'm not talking about F1. In PSA 6, 7, and 8, mm -hmm. right? And these are 2020 cards, yeah. which is super rare that, like, the highest graded card of, like, the gold refractor of this year's set. Yeah. It's a PSA 7, 8, 9, 10. Or, there's a lot of 7s and 6s and 8s on the market is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And it's quality control. Does that matter? Do people care? It's, it's such a new release. Is it a big deal or is it just the highest card up, next man up kind of thing with the cards? So when, when you uh, – the ones you're talking about, I've seen them. You know, they're, they're numbered out of 50 anyway. Yep. So really people just want one. It's sort of like, you know, buying PMGs, right? There's 100 of the first ones. People don't care. It's a PSA 6. I mean, obviously they do. But they just want to get one. There's not enough supply to go around. It's one of those situations where, you know, PSA is not creating artificial scarcity. There's already artificial scarcity there. Uh, the flip side of it is, you know, your quality control question. When there's only two companies and it's Tops and Panini – that are making anything licensed. And we all know about Panini's quality control. I mean, Miles Bridges is allegedly signing LaMelo Ball's autographs. National no, he's Treasures. not. Stop spewing that. Um, I, that's why I said allegedly. Um, and <laughs> and um, the patch cards are missing. The patch. You know, we've seen the centering on Prism. You know, so tops, you know, they don't really have to beat too much. But the Chrome stuff has scratches. It has some problems on it. It has some scratches. It really does. So, um you know, it is what it is. And those scratches, PSA will catch those and they will ding the hell out of you. Just a quick little anecdotal story. Um, I got a Tyler Hero card way back in the day. I got it back from grading and it was a five. Remember we talked about this and it was the first yep. time I ever got a five ever before in my life. And I'm like, no way, I'm going to crack this out. And it's such, I'm, it's such a weird grade too. It's like, it's like, like why a yeah, five? Because I thought maybe <laughs> the guy wrote a nine and it got graded and it's a five. And I started, you know, it's funny because I'm like, oh, I'm smarter than these guys. I'm going to crack it out. I'm going to resend it in. I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll clean the, the surface. I'm going to look at it really good, right? I can't wait to get it back because I just found my grade out. This was sent out, again, back in October before we had our, our grading stuff. Um, and it came back a five again. Isn't that amazing? Is, so is good, that because you, you think it's the cards that rub in the packs against each other? 
I think there's obviously something on it. I, I mean, there's got to be a scratch or something that I didn't see, maybe on the back or something like that. There's got to be some something in the card, an indentation where they automatically, when they see that, it's a five. You know, like I'm sure I'll see it. But yeah, I mean, listen, the grading's fun as far as you know, artificial scarcity on F1 cards. People just want them. I think. I think when next year when there is a Topps Chrome, Topps Finest. You know, there's, you know, uh, a stadium club F1 and there's all these other F1 products out there. I think that people are not going to be buying PSA 7s of anything, you know. Baseball. Quick question. So GTSM asks, would you rather be buying baseball before the playoffs or basketball offseason right now? I'd rather buy basketball before baseball anything. And that's a shame. And I can't believe I'm actually uttering the words out loud. But for some reason, baseball doesn't sell. I'm almost at a point where I'm going to say baseball is cardboard irrelevant. It's really scary. I don't even know what to say, right? Um, I love what they did with the Field of Dreams game. I love it. It was the most watched, you know, regular season game in like 15 years. Um, it was really cool. It was great to see that, see that, you know, that there's still a pulse. Um, an amazing game too, you know, not for Yankee fans. That kind of sucked. But, you know, it was an amazing game. Um, so it shows there's still some life. But as far as the hobby goes, we are driven by basketball right now. And, and, and you know, football is getting people excited. But baseball, baseball has become a different thing. Baseball has become the, uh, a prospecting game, right? It's, it's buy the Bowman Chrome first auto, buy that first Bowman Sapphire, buy those, you know, rookie cards. And then when the person makes it, sell it. it, 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 it it's, and it's baseball vintage, you know, we're probably going to have a new record soon tomorrow night of cards. You know, a record sale, record sale. I'm pretty sure that as we record this, the, the Honus Wagner T206 in a three, I think SGC three, I'm pretty sure. The one that was on display at the National ends tomorrow night, and it's currently at $5.1 million plus a buyer's premium, which would mean that's over $6 million. It would be the new record sale price, even if it doesn't get any more bids, right? So baseball, you want to look that up? You can look it up, please. Robert Edward. Uh, auction. Can you say that again? I think I think Ian was I think Ian was making popcorn again. Can you just say oh, like the last no, I'm, I'm 10, 15 seconds myself. again? Yours is actually pretty sketchy, but what? it's been going in and out the whole time. So what's so, going on? Is it, you think it's well, the neighbor? It's it's. I think it's the palm trees. They're getting in the way of the satellite. I gotta go put my aluminum foil hat on. So so can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Because you're a little blurry. Your yep. screen's actually blurry. Okay, good. Um. Yeah, no, so, so what I was saying was baseball, it's, it's, got, it's basically got two types of cards, right? So the question was buy it now and then sell it for the playoffs. Well, I, I almost don't want to own baseball of people who are playing now in the major leagues. Like baseball, for me, it's you can prospect and invest in you know, guys in their first Bowman, first Bowman, Chrome, Auto, you know, some Sapphire, that stuff, or buy the guys who are already out and they're vintage and they're vintage collectors and they're Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth and that kind of stuff. Um, because I was just saying the the, the the Honus Wagner that's in Robert Edward auction, I'm pretty sure last I checked, it ends tomorrow, I'm pretty sure it's at like $5.1 million plus buyer's premium, which means it will be a record price of over $6 million, the most ever for, mm-hmm. for a card. Honus Wagner is going to get that back. Um, so, guys, there you have it. You know, back to our original topic of where you can color up, Bowman prospects are an interesting play. Cage, did you know this? So I was watching The Last Dance, and – I don't know if the reason Michael Jordan came back, but it was uh, they went on a strike, and not only did baseball go on a strike that year, they also started the season with replacement players, 
And my, MJ was like, I can't sit out a season. So he went back to play basketball. Do you ever wonder what would have happened if they didn't strike that year? Like, yeah, he would have, he would would he have ever gone one back? Yes, one, yes, one less year of basketball. He couldn't play baseball. I mean, I love Michael Jordan. I think he's a great baseball pl- basketball player. I think he's a great athlete. But he was not good at baseball. You know what? It's funny. You read his own clippings. You know, there's uh, before he went while he was still playing, there's a, there's a cool upper deck card. I think it's 91 upper deck of him playing baseball. It was before he even went over to play baseball. So, you yeah. know, he's always had this in his brain. It was, his dad was still alive. It was, like a cool it was him in the White Sox jersey. In the White Sox jersey. And I remember the rumor, you know, in 92, when I was collecting as a kid, I remember people, oh, Michael Jordan, that card, he went to, he went to batting practice and, and he hit, he hit uh, five home runs and 10 swings. He could be the best baseball player, too, if he went over and played baseball. Like, you know, he started to believe that himself. He was not a baseball player. He was not a good baseball player. I mean, I know people talk about how he, he was getting better and the whole nine yards. No. First of all, he's not really – That's, that's really... not it for me, though. Go ahead. That's not it for me. Like, when I watched the last dance, I don't think he would have been an all-star baseball player. But I think he was a different breed because – think about this, man. You win three championships. You're living on cloud nine. You're the biggest athlete in the world. You fly on private jets. You get your own hotel, all that stuff. Sounds like and my then, life. But think about think about the humility it takes to go and now go on like double A ball, staying in shitty hotel rooms with shitty meals. You got a you got a bus full of like you 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 really downgrade your quality of life and think about the humility. And I think it's because he's always chasing a challenge. Maybe. I think the I think the strike gave him a good excuse to get out of that baloney. I think he realized he wasn't actually gonna make it. You know, and, and the, the counterbalance of what you're talking about, the, you know, looking for a challenge is he also is a champion who has played at the highest level, right? And w- it, that's difficult to give up also. And I think he realized, you know, if you were pumping the truth sermon, that he would never be able to play baseball at the highest level. But he still was in his prime and could go back to play basketball at the highest level. So I think it was an easy choice for him. I don't, I don't think it was the strike. Um, but yeah. The strike! Yeah, but- D- DPZ, Dennis Patrick Zender, asks, by the way, I know he's been feeling a little under the weather, Weather, so if you're listening, Dennis, hope you feel good. Hope you're feeling better. What is your favorite non-rookie Ken Griffey Jr. card? Ooh. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. card. I picked up a really cool one, a metal titanium pop three at the show. Mm-hmm. I think I showed that off to you guys. My favorite. Uh, I like the upper deck rookie. Um... You know what I like? I like his 2012 Prism Silver because that's actually starting to creep up in price now. You know, even though it's not a licensed card, but that you know it goes with kind of my own collection and it, it's really low pop um, in in Cage. high grade. Yeah, go ahead. For veterans like that, like a veteran like Shaq too, and I know it's licensed, but like King Griffey, he changed teams. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter what jersey he's wearing because you're buying the card for his name, not for him on the Mariners, right? Yeah, or the yeah. Reds. So, I mean, listen, I'm a hot glove collector also. So I think that's one of the cooler cards that are out there. It's cool, like a baseball glove, you know, like a die cut kind of thing. That was like, you know, 90s insert style, you know, hot gloves. Those were, those were really cool. I, I like those, um, you know, if you're looking for something for Griffey. Um, and I think the first year, it might have been 93 flare or 94 flare. There's a lot of tens. There's 300, 400 tens. So it's not that expensive of a card if you want to pick one up for your collection. A couple hundred bucks. Joseph asks, he says, PSA 9s and 8s are cheap right now. Cards are cheaper than the grading cost sometimes. Yep. You think there's an arbitrage play there? No. No, I think that we are getting into a point of time where RAWs and PSA 9s will suffer the same price if they, if they don't already. 
I think pretty soon PSA 10 or nothing, not just PSA or nothing, PSA 10 or nothing um, soon. We're not there yet. Right. And, and it's going to it's going to be interesting. Right. So so, you know, BGS 9.5, HGA 9.5, SGC 9.5. Um, I think they all will carry a premium on raw. Um, and if you can get the grading done and get it back in enough time, um, you know, quick enough and not spend an arm and a leg to get them graded. I think there was a premium there. Maybe not so much with PSA 9 because people are just not not going to wait that long. And those those ones that I just mentioned, the SGC, HGA, uh, BGS, I'm assuming you're putting them in in a bulk. It's a low-ish end type of card that you're adding $20 to for HGA. You're adding, you know, $20, $30 to on, on a bulk sub and getting it back in two months, you know, getting it back in 60 business days like HGA has. Um, you know, that will add something to a raw. Um, I don't know if, I mean, it's one of those interesting things, right? Without bulk PSA nines, I thought for a while, like PSA nine would be a play because nines are going to be worth money and nines are, I I think we're seeing nines actually come down in price. I've get this message a lot, by the way, I get people messaging me, Hey, should, should I buy PSA nines? They're basically the same price as raw. I don't think so. If you're holding, you know, a lot of people bought like Zion Prism PSA nines and like John Moran and Luca. Do, do you do you sell those? What do you do with those if you're sitting on ten of them? Yeah, I mean, I get rid of them. You know, I I consign them and get what I can. And if you really like the card, move up into tens. Because here, here's the deal, right? On a card like Zion, if there's twenty thousand PSA tens, what kind of demand is there going to be for the nine? Right, the it's not a supply just, thing with the nine. It's a demand yeah, thing. Yeah, who wants right. it? Right. I mean, it doesn't really make a difference. Like, oh, there's so many less nines. All right, but there's so many tens. And if somebody is looking at a at a a ten in front of them, and it's two hundred and something bucks or three hundred bucks, why would they grab a nine? Why I love um, watching you guys like yell at us sometimes in our reviews. Like, we wish this you had your own NFT show. Like, this is a card show, and and we understand. But if you really truly understood like our passion and why we do this. We wouldn't bring you information that wouldn't add value. And one thing happened. It was, I think it was one of the last days at National. Someone came in and bought the entire floor of CryptoPunks, right? Why does that matter? Well, no investors come in and buying the floor of PSA 9s. They're buying the floor of 10s, if, if anything, right? So you want to be in the asset that people, that a big, like a big player, a whale, can come in and buy, and buy the floor of. And that just doesn't happen in nines. So that's kind of how I actually look at it. Well, listen, you want to talk about scarcity. You want to talk about scarcity and, 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 and you're right, the quality asset. It's sort of like what Leo was talking about. So Jay says, uh, Jay Giuliano, um, shouldn't you distinguish between what is being graded and the grade? What about pre-1980 cards, sports or non-sports Greater than non-graded. 100%. I, yeah. I, assume, I assume, you know, ultra-modern with that question. But yeah. yes, 100%. Yeah. I mean, anything, anything, you know, more than 10 years old, you know, nines are still clearly Any, value. Really, the tone of that question wasn't even uh, era-specific. It was, aren't nines apply even though there's a lot of tens, right? So, like, aren't nines apply even though there's tens? Like, if there's, if nine is, you know, a, there's a pop three nine, PSA nine, that's a great buy, you know? Um, so I think that was the tone and tenor of Listen, tone guys, and tenor. If you're if you're a, a baseball vintage guy or you're a, you know a, a, any sport vintage person, I got to tell you those are, those are interesting plays because um, just like PSA is grading tougher on a, a on 
on a lot of modern stuff. I mean, you know what I did uh, last summer? It took a while to get them back. I just got them back right before the show, right before the national. I went through my own factory sets and I pulled out like the Kirby Puckett from 1985 tops. I pulled out the Don Mattingly from 1984 tops. I pulled out my, my Donruss um, uh, Griffey Jr. rookie and I graded them. I sent them all in a bulk at eight bucks each just to see. And the vast majority of them came back sevens. In my factory set, you know, like hand collated, put in, you know, I saved them. I didn't flip them. I didn't throw them in the garbage. They weren't in like sleeves. So, you know, those cards, the 70s, the 80s, there's not many like high grades of those out in the wild. You know what I mean? Like demand is going to continue for those and the supply is not going to, it's not going to increase in the high grade. What about like, um, so Card Fuchsius asks like how far back does the nine diminish 2004, 2012? But, but like let's let's use a really interesting example like Griffey PSA nines, that's a thirty year old card, but there's a ton of supply of that. Like, would you be buying Griffey PSA nines? No, there's also a huge amount of the tens. Guys, it really is. Look, there's no there's no panacea for this. Right? There's no there's no era year. You name it. Right. Um, you got to look at the pop report of the card you're talking about, right? And look at how many tens there are. And if there's enough tens and the tens are liquid and the tens are not that expensive, there's no reason to go for a nine. But if you're talking about something that's a 10, that's a lot of money, right? A lot of money, right? Like, I don't know. Forget about Joe Montana, Montana right? rookie. No, but even, Joe Monta- like, even going to modern now, right? Like, like uh, a Luca Silver 10, right? There's less than 2,500 of those, right? But you got to pay four or $5,000 for it. A nine might be a play in that. Might be a play in that. If you could pick one up cheap enough. Right, because that's an entry level, and maybe someone might want the Luca Silver Nine instead of a Luca Base Ten if they're similar cost. Right, so something like that, sure. Right, uh, a color, you know, a red or a blue of those same type of players, Zion, you name it. Right, a nine might be a play in that because there's not going to be this this huge pop of tens that brings it down to where any entry level collector can grab a ten. That's really the, the answer. It's not 04 or 12 or whatever it is. It's, it's is the 10 something that's in reach for an entry-level buy? If it is, the 9 doesn't make any sense, and no one's really going to pay a premium for it. If a 10 is out of reach for an entry-level collector, then the 9 is something that that entry-level collector might reach for and then therefore pay a premium to a raw card. That makes sense? Jay says pop versus grade versus total pop versus available raw is part of the equation. Observations in the comment. Uh, courtside view says, what's good, guys? Pumping content. Tom says, appreciate y'all. So so glad I'm catching up on your lives. Much love to the rest of the hobby. Fam in the chat. Thank you guys for all the comments. It makes total sense, Cage. It makes total sense. What else? We were 50 minutes here. It's been an awesome episode. Guys, we got to be honest. Last week, it was fun, but it wasn't easy. <laughs> was it? No, that was a lot, a lot. That was a lot of stuff. But it was. Listen, it's totally worth it, right? Because those are people we don't get to talk to. It's people that our our audience definitely wants to hear from, right? It's definitely people Luca Nation want to hear from, and you know, it's folks that we met at the national who who, listen, for lack of a better way of saying it, to the folks listening to this, they want to be part of Luca Nation too, right? They want to they want to be you know they want to be out there and they want to they want to make sure that they're in your ears. They want to make sure that you hear them and see them and what the message they have to bring is. And, and we're becoming kind of like that platform to, you know, to, to, to get that message out there. And, and look, Andrew's preaching optimism. I, I think there's plenty of it. 
in those 10. I think there's plenty of optimism to take from those 10 episodes, don't you? Uh, for yeah. sure. What's the matter? I, I'm stuck. Well, I, I preach realistic optimism, but I am an optimist at heart. I am an optimist at heart. I think things are things are pretty great. Listen, and there I is a lot down. of optimism. I take your optimism down. I, I bring in some pessimism and some realism. You know, you Dude, want to people go thought your comment towards Nat was hilarious about him. Uh, the, <laughs> the serial number being, yeah. The nine. Yeah, well, I'm, I, listen, because I'm trying to be honest. I'm, I really do try to put myself in the shoes of, of if somebody listening to this story, what would I be thinking, right? And yeah, I mean, that, I mean... But it's great to hear that he was like, oh, well, it's a 10, it's a 10. I mean, I guess I'm going to have to offer this guy a ton of money. That's cool. What's funny is our, our listener numbers last week went up a lot. You know, our, we had really, really uh, big name guests in terms of their follower count. They shared on their story. We got new new listeners. And I always think about like new listeners, right? Like people right now, they know us. They know our personality. They've been with us for a year. I wonder people who have only met you once met you. And hear your jokes. I wonder if they know art, like Cage's humor, Andrew's humor, you know? They're going to get to know it. They're going to get to know it. They got to. They got to get to know it. This is the deal. Let's see. This is, this, is, you, this is what you get. It doesn't change from episode to episode. <laughs> this is it. There's a lot of optimism. It was really cool to meet those people, talk to them. Uh, Costa Car is a really impressive guy. Um, I like seeing people from nightlife get into sports cards because the Nat Turners, yeah, there's always collectors. I think we need a little bit of that cool factor in the hobby to bring more people in, uh, to bring a younger crowd in. So I love what Costa Cards is doing. Well, Ken you Golden, about we got NFTs, to meet. right? Your comparison of NFTs, right? So, so the NFTs that are going to survive are the ones that have utility. That's what we keep saying, right? Like, what's the utility to this thing? Like, what does it do? Top Shot. What's the utility? Oh, it's getting them into Summer League or it's getting them into the suite, blah, 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 right? There's no extra utility with cards. But the collision of cards and culture that's going on now yep. – there is going to be some utility. There is going to be – listen to the Cost of Cards episode. When, when they're in charge of a show, they give you like a menu of here's what's going on from this hour to this hour. You want to go to a club? Here's this club. Here's the this. It's more than just the you know the, the coming to a show and looking at cards and going home, right? It's here's the whole menu of experiences. Same type of things going on with cards. You collect cards. You, you know, you're in the golden sphere. You know, you're going to be able to watch a show soon, you know, reality show, whatever it is. Only if, you, only if you consign – a hundred cards, soccer cards with him. Listen, those are the only people that are. I wrote to Ronaldinho. He's gonna come visit you. He's coming to hang out. He knows you. I'll get him lonely. He's We'd have a blast. We. That's why Brazilians are so good. They start their careers playing beach soccer. Ronaldinho is probably phenomenal as a beach soccer player. I would bet that he's probably a good beach soccer player. Probably better than me. Beach soccer is hard, man. Um, Joseph asks if Luca becomes a D Rose. Do you change your name of your channel? Uh, I don't know. I, D Rose Tigers and Bronze just doesn't have the same uh, doesn't have the same ro- ring to it. Ro- roses, roses, Tigers and Bronze. Roses. Uh, but like, I'll ooh, tell you guys ooh, something ooh, that I wanted roses. to say about Luca. A lot of people no? still don't no, get this through their head. I, I do like outcast. Like there was a comparison. Like, can you compare Luca to Jason Tatum? You know, Luca's better than Jason Tatum will ever be. I, I'm asking people to realize something <laughs> that we compare people on age. But we should compare people on experience. So, like, Luca was doing his uh, conference with uh, the Mavs, signing the extension. And he was saying thank you to his parents for sending him at 14 uh, or 15 or something like that to play professional basketball at Real Madrid. I've said this a lot, haven't I, Cage? How important. Professional forever. That's a big deal. Like, a lot of people don't don't realize that. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. His body might break down sooner than others, too. I'll take this another way. 
Go ahead. D-Rose actually won an MVP. So oh. before we start saying, oh, Luca, he may turn into D-Rose, let him win the MVP and then fall off, and then we can say he at least did what D-Rose did. I mean, let's not forget. I mean, the guy had some injuries and whatnot, but – you know, D-Rose had an MVP. He did have one yes, hell of a season. I mean, Lucas had some good seasons too, but he never taken that MVP yet. D-Rose was a monster, man. He was, like, what, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, just dunked on people. Powerful. I, I love people that jump off two feet. It's also Jason Richardson was an amazing dunker, uh, and he always jumped off two feet. Let's talk a little bit about soccer, Cage. I don't know if you saw the, all the Aussie guys. They, they won't let me live. Uh, they keep posting. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the comments they didn't like that I said was this Messi, Messi leaving uh, Barca reminds me of MJ leaving the Bulls. Cage, do you know a lot of people no, don't realize this? That's not what you said. You said it reminded you of when, when, when Messi is joining PSG, it reminds you of Jordan going to, to the, Wizards. the Wizards. That's very different than, than leaving the Bulls. Than leaving the Bulls. It's very okay. different. Why is that very different? Because I get Messi leaving the team he's been with like Jordan leaving the Bulls. And that I get. Like that, if you said that, that would have been fine. Because it's a team he's been with forever. It's a team he's won a lot of stuff with. It's a team you figured you'd associate him with forever. Is it because the Wizards suck and PSG is good? Yeah, yeah, PSG because he's now joining, like, he's starting a super team. And the Wizards were like, it was like Gilbert Arenas was trying to shoot people and stuff, you know. Like it was, it was not, it was not like, you know, it was like, he was not joining a team that was, that was. Gotcha. Fantastic. So they got stuck on the supporting yes. cast, not the yes. fact that this guy was with one That's team. Exactly. Dish right. one. Okay. Yes. Um, all those people crowning PSG champions. Uh, They're the same very interesting. Who, who said Mbappe was going to be the greatest soccer player of all time? So far, that hasn't happened. I mean, I don't want to jump off that bandwagon yet. I, I, I still own one Mbappe card. But, um, you know, interesting, man. It's, I, I will watch some soccer. I'll watch some soccer to see how that goes. I guess Soccer's back. Soccer's back. It's going to be a great season. Cage, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, man. I mean, I love chatting with everybody. I do want to hear what you guys think about, you know, Kobe with Cage Saturday, Sunday. We will figure it out. You know, we're going to do the collectible episode. We want to make sure that you guys have uh, all the collectible data by Monday morning with our analysis. This way, when the trading window opens yep. up at noon on Monday, you have that at the ready. Um, you know, and if that means releasing two episodes, doing the Coffee with Cage live, and then posting the Coffee with Cage at uh, maybe posting it on Monday but still doing the live for you guys on Sunday, you know, maybe we'll do something like that. We'll figure it out. I do want to make sure that you guys, um, you know, are, are still able to, you know, to have this, this episode, this interaction and ask questions. And if Sunday's the day you want to do it, that's great. Um, you know, uh, so just let us know, give us some feedback again, anybody who's coming to the show this week, anybody who's coming to the East coast national next week, let us know. I will be there. Um, I hope to meet, you know, plenty of you. I see pictures of people at the National who I know. I mean, like Dan Nolte was at the National. We didn't even see him. You know, I mean, like just people who we've been talking to, Andrew and I have been in groups with for years. You know, just let us know. I want to meet. I, I feel mm -hmm. bad. Like I left Chicago. I'm like, oh, dude, I was there for four days. We should have like, you know, we should have said hello. We should have shake hands, something. Um, you know, so, so you know, make it known. Let's, you know, let me, let me come say hi and thank you. Because we're able to, you know, bring these partnerships. We're able to do these episodes because of every single person who can hear my voice right now. I appreciate every single one of you. Um, I think it's amazing 
that you, you know, you give up some time in your day to listen to what we have to say, ask questions. I got some cool ones. Hey, where should I grade these? Somebody sent me 10 pictures. Hey, where should I grade mm-hmm. this one? Should I grade this one? Send me whatever you got. I, I love that stuff. I love that back and do you forth. Like, do you like messages more on your, like those kinds of messages on your personal DMs or on yeah. the Lucas Tiger? Send them to my personal. Send them to my personal. And I'm, I mean, listen, I don't have as many followers on my personal, but if you guys want to follow my personal and then send me messages there, that's fine too. I think I like 1,750, but we're at like 6,000 on the, on the podcast. But yeah, I mean, if you want to follow me there, that's great. I, I try to answer every single one of those that I can. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know what's cool, Cage? Sure. The more I get that we get to know each other, we are we're similar but so different. Like, Cage is an interesting guy, man. I, I don't know. If, I wish you guys got to preview some of the things that like I get to the conversations we have. Like, for example, you guys wouldn't realize this, but he's a huge researcher, huge yeah. researcher, yep. and I, he researches through conversations. Is that fair yes. to say? Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, first off, you have incredible like energy levels. Like you're all. Like, guys, think about this. Last week, we had all those 10 for 10 episodes, right? So that's a that's a ton of work. And we're interviewing people. So you have to be, like, extra professional and on your game. It's not like us just, like, this bantering. Cage knows nothing he'll say will offend me. But you can't do the same thing with guests. Work, kids, and then, all right, you get all that stuff done. Well, now I have to look at what investments I'm making. Where am I putting my money? What cards am I buying? And this guy lays in bed or smokes a stogie and is on Discord for, like, six hours researching. Yeah, and, uh, a lot of Discord, a lot of Discord recently. People don't realize that, like the behind the scenes, the research. Like, yes, it is. We do come on here and talk, and we want to share content with you guys. But a lot of the work is the behind the scenes. I just don't sleep. That's it. It's all about the <laughs> caffeine, man. It's all about the caffeine. It's all about the caffeine. No, but there is there's a lot of research, and and I plan on doing several hours of research tonight for the collectible episode. We have the data it closed on Friday. Um, we'll know where they are closing. I already looked at it. I snuck a peek at it and I saw already one that I know is, uh, is, is undervalued. And I'll bring you guys. Um, but yeah, any suggestions, any ideas, listen, guys, as yep. you can see this 10 for 10, that was a brainchild of Andrew. I love it, but we would love to do stuff like that. If you hated it, let us know. If you loved it, let us know. You want us to bring back another 10 for 10, call it 20 for 10 or 10 for 10 part two. Let's go. Let us know because you know, I mean, part two, part two, part, part two. Part the redux. Yeah, no. I mean, listen. Again, some again, some love in the comments. Card Fuchsia says lawyers don't get tired. I was raised by one. All right. Well, sorry for you because that's miserable. <laughs> Try to win an argument. My my daughter. My daughter said this the other day. She goes, I, I know you guys tell me don't become a lawyer, but I do want to become one just so that I can make my kids miserable by never being able to win an argument the way you make me miserable. <laughs> 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 Sitting in the back seat, she's like, I have to learn to do what you guys do to me. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. So. A lot of you guys out there know uh, Ian Juan uh, Camp Mayor. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. And this is twice Leah's done this. Leah was the campaign manager. So she yeah. she handled the branding, the marketing, the PR. Ian said something wrong. You know, if he, hit, he was talking to two <laughs> girls, he made sure that the, the camp uh, didn't overreact. Also, Leah, Cage's oldest daughter, she made our logo. She was our OG founder. So uh, talented kids you have, man. They're fun, man. They keep me awake, just like Discord and research and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, listen, on the NFT front, Andrew's bringing this stuff in there. You know, we try not to talk about blockchain so much, but we are going to start an NFT group because Andrew's right. I mean, it might not be for everybody, but there are some opportunities there. It's something I'm definitely researching. Um, So if you wanted to join our NFT group and get some ideas, they're not all going to be right. And, you know, they, you know, there's, it's not financial advice. And I think a lot of them, you know, you have to realize that, you know, you're, you're going to take your swings. Um, 
but you're going to miss more often than you hit. But I mean, I think Gary did a video like this, like, like bat three, be, be, be a baseball player, I think he said, right? If you bat three out of 10, if you're bat 300, you're an all-star, you get into the Hall of Fame. It's kind of like that, you know what I mean? So if you have any interest in, in kind of, you know, uh, chatting with us and some other folks who are doing like the Panini NFTs, the Top Shot stuff, other NFTs, um, or just want to learn a little bit more about it, um, there are some guys already in this group who, you know, have the basics down, the nuts and bolts, the 101 of it. We'd love to have you join that as well. It's just, you know, trying to be well-rounded, trying to – Andrew started this off with the cards because at the cards at the time, it was easy to take that Zion Raw and color up. You know, it was always – the mission statement, if we had one, was always to bring value to folks and put them on a path to, you know, financial independence and living yep. the best life that they can. And, you know, I think the point Andrew's been trying to make during this episode is that right now cards might not be the easiest way to do that. And we want to be able to help you with other ways of doing it as well. Right? It's a thousand percent, Cage. And it's funny you brought that up. When I started, I, I like the Zion time. I was taking real estate classes and like, it's interesting. Like I'm a big believer of, of like, I love to learn. I'm very curious. I hate school, but I love to learn. It's weird. But I do think that like the things I learned in real estate classes helped me with cards. The things that helped me with cards help me understand blockchain. Like I, I do understanding, like taking the class in the beginning of the year, under, looking at uh, penny stocks and how those markets work. Now it helps me understand how NFTs move because NFTs a lot of the time, like Tim Sykes has this pattern, Google this. It's called the pump and dump pattern. <laughs> a lot of NFTs follow a similar pattern. Uh, and it, it, it's not whether pump and dump is moral or immoral. It's this is a pattern and you can learn to spot it and learn from it objectively. So a lot of these kind of ancillary things that don't seem like they tie in, they really do and they help you and they help you be successful. Indeed. Anything else? Anybody in the chat with a question or anything like that? If not, we can wrap it up. For what's, your, what's your go-to stogie? Ooh. I can grab one. I may smoke a cigar tonight. Um, I like Padron. So non-Cubans, Padron, um, the anniversary series, 1926 anniversary, 1964 anniversary. 26 is better. Um, a number 35, Maduro, um, would be my go-to. It's about 10, 12 bucks, not the most expensive thing in the world. And it's called the 35 because allegedly the, uh, you know, the patriarch of the family is Padron, Jorge Padron. It took him 35 minutes mm. to smoke it. It's a little cigar, little guy. That's 35 crazy. minutes to smoke it. You don't, you're not supposed to breathe it in, right? No, you don't inhale it. Do you get like a, do you get like, like a little yeah, bit of a buzz? Yeah, a good cigar, but I mean, it's not, listen, you know what? Cigars for me, it's almost like cards. It's almost like the national, it's almost like a podcast. It's a social thing. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, you're, it's a lot of reason why a lot of people started smoking cigarettes, right? You know, you're at a bar and only smoke socially. I've heard that a million times, but then those people become three packs a day smokers and it becomes problematic, but it's supposed to be a social thing. Like, I, I mean... You know, I will smoke a cigar while I'm working on the pool. That, you know, it's a cool, cool, you know, that's just something to do. But my preference would be like we did at the National. A couple of folks from Luca Nation, we all grab a cigar, we talk, we, you know, we talk about what kind of cards we're buying or let's walk over to the next show. And you're doing it, you know, together as a, as a social thing. That would be my, my do preference. Do you think, and you guys could tell, like, so last week it was, it was a lot. So the, when I watched The Last Dance, and do you think they would have allowed players to, like, MJ was always smoking like his stogie, like in the locker room before games. You think they would allow people to do that now? No, because I think it, they would they would have a problem with it messing with their brand. Um, it's not likely that they're going to have. Uh, I'll answer it with a question. Do you think that uh, Coke liked when um, 
Ronaldo came in and moved the Coke bottles away during his press conference and started talking about how everyone should drink water. Did you see that? If you didn't see it, take a look at it. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, you, every, you know how I agree with him. Every, I know, but still, it's, it, is a, it, is a, it is a marketing world. Everything's about the, the sponsors and the sponsorships. Um, that's why when people in the Super Bowl, they go to Disney World. It's why there's Gatorade. It's why there's all these, you know, interesting things that go on. I don't think cigars or, or, or any other smoking thing is something that any brand name wants to be, you know, attached to. Um, but I would have no problem with it. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to see Ro- it anytime soon. Robert Morris, the company that makes cigarettes, mm-hmm. came out and said in 10 years they're not going to sell cigarettes anymore. Is it Philip Morris? Philip Morris. Um Nice, Cage. This is a fun episode. Yeah. Oh, well, listen. Thank I you, guys. It. I enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. It's nice to just you know chat with you guys, and I hope to see some of you guys at the shows tomorrow and, and next weekend. You're going to a show tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. It's uh, Plainview, Long Island, uh, the, the Plainview Holiday Inn. It's the same show, local, that I've been to a bunch of times. I post about it. It was in my story. It might still be in my story. I'll try to post about it again today. Just, just to- So basically, get to Long Island, drive all the way to the Hamptons, and no, you'll see Cage, Cage's closer. big house. <laughs> no. Yeah, I wish. I wish no. It's like, I think it's exit 40 on the northern state, I think. It's Nassau County. It's nowhere near the Hamptons. You'd have to drive for another hour and a half to get to the Hamptons. It is Jeez. a long island. <laughs> End scene. This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.